Well, hello there, and welcome to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. I'm Debbie Giorgiani, and Jerry will be uh, coming in shortly. He is serving at a funeral this morning, and so um, we will wait. Well, we're not going to wait for him. We have started the show. Uh, He will pop in just as soon as he um, signs on, so that is great. But we're talking about Padre Pio today, the day before his feast day, which is tomorrow, September 23rd, the feast day of Padre Pio. So what's your connection and experience of this great saint, St. Padre Pio? Fill those phone lines. Let's have a phone blitz for this wonderful saint who had not just one, two, three, four, but many, many mystical, spiritual, supernatural gifts given by God himself to this great saint who died in 1968. If you've never heard about Padre Pio, I I don't know um, where you've been living um, because he's one of the most most uh, beloved saints next to uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And um, he is incredible. And so much is being said and um, talked about Padre Pio. There was a movie earlier this year about Padre Pio. It is, in my humble opinion, it was not an accurate movie at all. And as a matter of fact, in in my humble opinion, again, it was a very um, disgraceful, disrespectful movie of this great saint. Uh, I don't know how it got uh, through as a Hollywood movie and approved, um, but it was a distortion of this amazing saint's life. So let's talk about the truth of this great saint, St. Padre Pio, all of his great gifts, his his disposition, his personality. Did you know that Padre Pio had a great sense of humor? Not just a good sense of humor, a great sense of humor. That's why I love him so very much. As you can tell, he's one of my favorite go-to saints. He's also one of our powerhouse eight saints that we pray two before each and every show here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. We pray to um, holy men and women of God um, to help us with the show and to bring the callers, um, the right callers, uh, the just at, and the perfect timing of callers for each and every show. And the angels and saints have never disappointed in eight plus years on Take Two. So today it's all things Padre Pio. What is your experience? Do you have a question about this great saint? I'm pretty much I think I can answer it. I've, I've watched pretty, uh, I've read, uh, I think every book on Padre Pio, um, that is authorized. I've watched the documentaries on him, uh, the life story that everything that EWTN has put out on Padre Pio. Yeah. I, I'm like a sponge. I soak up everything Padre Pio so much so that there is one person that listens to take two who shall be nameless right now. Cause I want to protect, um, um, their privacy. Um, they have actually emailed me several times and they've said, Debbie, why are you so obsessed with this one saint when we have so many saints? I agree. I love St. Anthony of Padua. I love St. Francis of Assisi, St. Therese of Lisieux, um, St. Teresa of Avila. Saint, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I, there's so many saints I love. Um, but Padre Pio for me um, really was uh, he, his life his, my interaction with him, my experience of him, um, just knowing about his life and understanding what he contributed to this world and to our faith. Um, I just, I, I, I can't even, I, for lack of, you know, it's, I know it's a cliche, um, 
I really, it was a spiritual game changer for me. So that's why I love Padre Pio. Okay, I'm just going to say it. And every year we decided, Jerry and I decided that we would dedicate uh, right around his feast day, September 23rd, all things Padre Pio. Okay, phone lines are open. Let's go. All you devotees of Padre Pio, you better fill up those phone lines. Here's the number, 833-288-3986. That is the number to call to talk about this great Saint, Saint Padre Pio. You can talk about anything about Padre Pio. Just don't be um, disrespectful in any way because it really would bother me. Absolutely. That's why that movie bothered me so very much. Um, so, uh, please, uh, this, he had so many spiritual gifts, very, um, uh, ma- advanced in his spiritual growth. That's why as he continued to advance and remember he spoke to Mary, uh, the blessed mother, Jesus, his guardian angel, when he was three and four years old, when he was five years old, he, he committed his entire life to God. He started offering up things, um, and sacrificing to repair for sins and offenses to the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And so because he lived such an extraordinary life of faith and obedience and trust and, and, and let me just share this with, um, our wonderful take two family. He was a man that knew a lot. He uh, studied many different um, uh, subjects and languages and all sorts of things. His knowledge was was immense. I mean, he just really uh, put his time and effort into learning and growing and understanding things, and that that's important. So don't don't by in any way think that this was you know some you know kind of peasant person in 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 southern Italy that didn't understand much. No, he was he was really schooled. He taught he taught. Uh, um, uh, language. He taught folks how to read and write. I mean, he, this man was amazing. Now people would send him letters, thousands and thousands of letters on a monthly basis in all different languages. Now he didn't know every single language, but guess who helped him? His guardian angels. Okay. And we, and we know by the ministry work that he was uh, doing that he probably had more than one angel helping him because he, he had a big work. Okay. He spent, he spent uh, 15, 16 hours in the confessional uh, mass every day, the rosary multiple times a day. Um, he hardly slept two hours a night. He hardly ate. He was very sick and the stigmata that he had uh, constantly bled and it was very painful. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people don't know this, but the wound on his shoulder, that was the wound from uh, Christ carrying the cross. The wound on his shoulder was so painful when he would change his t-shirt. It was so painful. He would yell out in agony. Okay. So do you guys believe me now that I know a lot about this great saint? So much so that I went on pilgrimage all the way to San Giovanni Rotundo and dragged my mother along and my husband um, in 2013. Okay, there's a one open phone line. We want to hear from you. 833-288-3986. All things Padre Pio today on the day before his feast day, which is tomorrow, Saturday, September 23rd. So please call in 833-288-3986. We'll be right back.
Okay, someone just dropped, so that means there's one open phone line. So if you feel um, that uh, prompting of the Spirit to call in about uh, this great Saint, Saint Padre Pio, the day before his feast day, now is the time to do it. Uh, And here's the number, 833-288-3986. Before we get to the phones, I want to welcome co-host Jerry Usher to this great Padre Pio episode. Jerry, I know you were serving at a funeral mass. yeah, anything you want to share with us? Uh, it was just a beautiful Mass. The lady's name was Irene. If everyone would keep her lifted up in prayer, that would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're talking all things Padre Pio today on the day before his feast day. And so you can hear the excitement in my voice. As you know, this is a great day for me today and tomorrow. And, and on the spirit world tomorrow, uh, we'll be taking phone calls as well about Padre Pio. And we're going to be uh, diving into the many mystical spiritual gifts that he had. Jerry, the stigmata and all the other gifts, gifts of prophecy, reading souls, uh, by location. That, that was one of the coolest gifts, by location. He would travel. He never left San Giovanni Rotundo, Jerry, and he would travel all over the world. It was really incredible. But before we get to the phones, Jerry, want to talk about the most holy rosary. And again, relating to Padre Pio, um, he said multiple rosaries a day, multiple full rosaries, folks. Okay, not just not just one decade of the rosary or the mysteries of the rosary. He he he, he 10, 15, 20 rosaries a day. EWTN Radio brings you the holy rosary twice each day for over 25 years. Tune in every morning at 5.30 Eastern Time for Mother Angelica and every evening at 9.30 Eastern Time for Father Benedict Rochelle. And it's only heard right here on EWTN Radio. Okay, very good. Um, I'm sure you had a great conversation in the opening segment, and now it's good to be with all of you. We're going to go to your calls. Anything you want to discuss about Padre Pio, whose feast day is tomorrow, St. Pio, 833-288-3986. Mary will be up first in Urbana, Illinois, listening on Holy Family Radio. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Debbie. Can you hear me? Just yes. fine. Yes. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Great. All right. Well, I love, love, love Padre Pio, and I, I'll speak quickly because other people have called. So when uh, I was a little girl, I found my father's wallet, and I thought, I'm going to look inside the wallet and see if there's a picture of me. And there wasn't, but there was a picture of this man, and I did not understand who he was in my father's wallet because my father had this great devotion to Padre Pio. So he explained to me all about Padre Pio, and I, of course, in my teenage years then became a devotee of of, uh, Padre Pio. And then um, the wonderful thing is when, um, this is an amazing story, my, my dad died and I prayed to Padre Pio, oh, please, please accompany him, be with him, Padre Pio, pray for my dad's, uh, please pray for, for his sanctification, his, his salvation, that he goes to heaven. And you know, I have been given this very odd little gift that rarely shows up, but I was on the loading dock of um, trying to get a bed. And they were going to put the bed in, you know, in my car. And uh, there was a garbage behind me, and I was overwhelmed with the scent of roses. Wow! Overwhelmed with the scent of roses. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I said to the guy on the loading dock, "Do you, you smell roses?" And he looked yeah. at me and said, "No." And I said, "Thank you, Padre Pio." Yeah. And uh, I believe I believe that had to do with my dad. And then uh, fast forward quickly, I had a little boy. He still do. He's 18 now, but when he was five, he had a very serious surgery. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a cranial stenosis where they take off the skull and reshape it and put it back on. Now, we're in a special children's hospital, and there are six doctors 
coming in, rubbing their hands, waiting to do this surgery, and they're going to wheel them out. I had, from my father, a piece of Padre Pio's glove. And wow. I, yeah, wow. yeah. That, well, this goes back, my dad had a devotion to him back in the 60s, way before sure. he died. So, sure. um, so I put the piece of the glove in my son's little sock. I said, hold on, before you wheel him out, you doctors, you're going to wait, we're going to pray, and I'm going to put this in, and um, put, the, put the piece in the sock. And do you know, from that moment, I stopped worrying. This was a mm-hmm. tremendously difficult surgery, and they wheeled him out, and I had a, not a moment's worry, and they wheeled him back in about four hours later, and he, he was fine. Wow. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, and yes, and I have prayed with that little, well, you know, <laughs> the sorry story is it got left in the sock. So if Padre Pio wants to return that piece of the glove to me, that'll be a miracle. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I have prayed, yeah, I've prayed for friends. I prayed for a non-church friend. She had cancer. I said, I'm going to ask Padre Pia to pray for you. She said, okay, who's that? I don't know. And uh, but cancer gone. She writes back to me and says, Mary, I don't have cancer. You don't have to worry about me anymore. And she had no clue. You know, no clue. But anyway, so it goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Yeah. He's just well, so... Well, Mary, Mary, you said a couple things I just want to tap into for those that don't know Padre Pio's life story very well. And you, you said some things that are just, you know, absolute neon signs when it comes to Padre Pio. First and foremost, uh, with cancer, a lot of people do ask Padre Pio P.O. to step in with cancer. And he has, um, obviously, uh, God has given uh, the permission for this uh, to help with cancer specifically. So that's number one. Number two, you're talking about the odor of sanctity with um, when Padre Pio had the stigmata, um, it would, and, and it constantly was fresh wounds, right? And now we know just from cutting ourselves and and having wounds that, you know, that with blood, there will be um, a smell that doesn't, is is not, not appealing at all, right? Not with Padre Pio. There was an overwhelming sense of, of roses and flowers. And so Mary, I wanted to confirm that. The other thing too, about the picture uh, uh, that your dad carried of Padre Pio in his wallet, Mary, I started to chuckle because before we did this show, um, you, you probably, I know you will believe this because you believe a lot of things about Padre Pio. So I, I know you'll believe this, but Jerry, this is this is hilarious. Before the show, I, I thought to myself, well, if somebody acknowledges that there is a picture of Padre Pio in a wallet or a purse, then I know that Padre Pio is with us during the show. And Mary, just to let you know, and I can show Jerry this just to prove that I'm telling the truth, in my wallet is a picture of Padre Pio. I don't have a picture of my husband. I don't have a picture of me or the children. Oh, I do have my license. Um, but I have a picture of Padre Pio. That is hilarious. Can you give us your father's first name? It's Jim James. Oh, he loved Padre Pio. James. Mm-hmm. I, I believe Padre Pio is listening to this broadcast. I really do. And that was confirmation, Mary. I just love it. I, I think your dad was amazing to have that devotion to Padre Pio. It continues in your family. And that's the beauty of this great saint. He takes on everyone, their families, those those that really um, understood his mission and his ministry and his life and has, have stayed friends with him. He has stayed friends with them and their entire family. So that includes you, Mary, and your offspring. I love that. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Thank praise you. God indeed. Thank, yeah. you. Thank you, Mary, for the call. Yeah, here at the Basilica of St. Paul, where I am in, in Daytona Beach, Florida, there's numerous statues throughout the church, including a beautiful one of, of St. Padre Pio. 
Is there really? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Right next oh. to a statue of St. Teresa of Calcutta. Oh, beautiful. Though two of our powerhouse saints yes, that exactly. we pray to. Yeah. Would you do me a favor? Because sure. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get to a statue of St. Padre Pio. Would you um, just pay a visit and just tell him I said hi? I sure will. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Thank you very much. We have an open phone line. Mary just freed up a phone line. If you'd like to talk all things Padre Pio today, the day before his feast day, now is, now is the time to call in at 833-288-3986. Okay, moving along to Bill in San Antonio, Texas, listening on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, Bill. Oh, hi, Jerry. How are you doing? Doing okay. Thank um, you. Great. I'm cheating today. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I called in with this story about my meeting with uh, Padre Pio, how I met him, not personally, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but your call screener said it's okay to tell the story again today. So here it goes. Okay. Uh, many years ago, I was going through a horrible divorce. Um, it was just tearing my life apart and my family's life apart, my parents. And um, I prayed to everyone, including Padre Pio especially. And one night after I getting no prayers answered, I went out into my backyard and just screamed into the, into the sky at nighttime, you know, are you, can you hear me and do you care? And of course I heard nothing back. Uh, it's just silence. Well, Scroll ahead, and I went inside, went to sleep, and said, forget about it. I'll, I'll continue praying, but I don't expect much. Let's scroll ahead about six months later, and um, uh, I was in Washington, D.C., you know, um, uh, with my parents. So this originally this, this started out in Dallas, Texas. Anyway, I forgot all about it. was at Mass with my parents in Washington. And uh, during Mass, this man behind us says to my mom, may I speak with your son, please? And, you know, my mom naturally said, well, <laughs> we're in the middle of a mass. You don't have conversations. And he said, well, may I speak with him? And she said, well, he's old enough. You can ask him yourself. The man looked at me, and uh, he said, uh, young man, I am a disciple of Padre Pio, and he has a message for you. He mm-hmm. can hear you, and he does care. <laughs> wow, that is powerful. And what what was your reaction to that, Bill? At that time, what, what you know that had to be really penetrate deep into your heart. It did. I put my hand on his because I was uh, concerned that he was an angel and that he was going to disappear as soon as I turned my head. Mm. You know how they do that kind of thing. Sure. So, <laughs> as it turns out, no, he's a real person, and my parents developed a good relationship with, with him afterwards, and he was very well known to to do things like that. Um, um, but that was my first reaction was to make sure this person was actually a person and this was not a dream. And, uh, I found out he's a person and it was not a dream. <laughs> wow. So, uh, since then I, uh, I could, I could t- fill your whole show up with, uh, yeah. uh, things that Padre Pio has done. Um, he's a prankster. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I do have a question that maybe you, you two, Debbie, maybe you know, you had mentioned you had uh, read just about everything about Padre Pio, just like I have. But uh, I remember in Bernardo Ruffin's book about mm-hmm. Padre Pio, right. he mentioned that Padre Pio would see Protestants and all kinds of people, Catholics, of course. But when um, two sets of people came to him, he just went absolutely crazy, got angry. Uh, one was the Freemasons, somebody was a Freemason, or if somebody was a Jehovah's Witness. 
Why do you suppose mm-hmm. Padre Pio was this way with these two groups? Why? I could think well, of so many worse people. <laughs> yeah, it's not so much that. Um, uh, uh, Bill, what I learned about Padre Pio is that when he was confronted with something that was not pleasing to God, okay, whatever level that is, when it wasn't pleasing to God on, on some level, that he he was he was repulsed by it in the sense that he had to he had to acknowledge it and 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 caution people that 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 it was um it was offensive or bothersome he had so, he was so hypersensitive to that um even when people would pass by him even when people would come into the confessional or come into his cell his room um or anything like that or they would touch him okay if they would touch him cuz you know they used to try to um rip off his clothes and and cut his clothes and try to grab at him and they would and the, and you know the stigmata was very painful and they would grab his hands and he would he would he would um, let out a, a, a yell sometimes. So he was very sensitive to things that were pleasing to God and things that weren't pleasing to God. And so he very much spoke up. Now, I will tell you something, Bill. Here's what's interesting about this. The same with Blessed Carlo Acutis, 15 years old. He had the same kind of sensitivity. He would spot things a mile away and he would call people out on it. So it was very interesting. I don't know if that helps you with that, Bill, but I noticed that when I was reading a lot of the stories about Padre Pio, that's how he um, usually responded when people would come into uh, his view and he would interact with them. Yeah, I, I just never imagined that those two sets of people, though, would, would evoke such an emotion from him. I don't see them as being all that bad. Well, they have some doctrinal well, problems, but well, the Freemasons, yes, Bill, a very, very, very offensive and huh? very, very anti-Catholic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very um, opposite of what we believe as Catholics. Um, and and Jehovah Witnesses, you know, here's the interesting thing about other faith um, uh, beliefs and denominations. You can find some really interesting, good, godly things, the tenets of, of uh, pretty much every uh, faith that believes in, in God, right? Um, but then it goes off. It, there's, there's things that there's, there's tangents and there's, there's other ways that they view God or uh, their understanding of God that actually can be very um, um, disrespectful to the sacredness of what we believe as Catholic Christians. So I think in my humble opinion, Bill, um, Padre Pio was very in tune with that. And he never, even as a small child, his parents were the same way. They never offended. They tried so hard never to offend God or the Blessed Mother. That's why this Hollywood movie that came out about Padre Pio is so off. Um, you know, I know that the Capuchin uh, friars were part on set and stuff and were part of it, but I think they didn't see the final uh, script of this because it, it is not Padre Pio's life at all, in my, in my humble opinion, Bill. Oh, when you first mentioned it, I was intrigued and wanted to see it, but based on what you said about the slander, uh, there's no possibility I'll ever see that movie. Um, there's just enough trash out there. Yeah, and, I totally uh, agree. Need, nobody needs to have those images in their head. Yeah, I agree, Bill. I agree. And I, it took me a long time to get those images out of my head. I, I wish I never saw the movie. Um, and it's such a distortion, but it's Hollywood. And that's what we get when we deal with Hollywood. Bill, you are awesome. Your story is incredible. What do you, what do you think, Jer? 
I think it's amazing. Yeah, I, I just only regret that I didn't develop my devotion to Padre Pio a long, long time ago, much sooner than I did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, amazing story. We're going to hear more of them talking about St. Padre Pio. His feast day is tomorrow. And a lot of people who are listening right now, you may have a devotion to him, or maybe he's played some kind of a special role in your life. If so, we'd love to hear about it at 833-288-3986. Great to have you with us here on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie and you on EWTN Radio on the day before the Feast of St. Padre Pio. And we're getting a lot of great accounts of how he has touched so many lives, and it's just countless millions of people around the world, and he is still very, very active in people's lives today. If you would like to share something with us about him and your maybe your devotion to him, how he's shown himself to you, maybe pray to God for a, an answered prayer for you, 833 we have some social media we will get to in a few moments, but Lynn is in Southwest Florida listening on Sirius XM 130, so we'll go to Lynn next. Hello. Hello, Jerry, and welcome to Florida. Thank you. It's mm-hmm. great to be here. I'm on the other coast. Yes. <laughs> so what do you have so for us? So here's my Padre Pio story. Okay. About two and a half years ago, my husband's primary care physician referred him to a hematologist because he had some irregularities in his blood work that could be indicative of some very serious illnesses like multiple myeloma, leukemia, lymphoma, those kind of blood disorders. So he had to go every six months and go to a hematologist and have the blood work done. So this went on for several times and went probably four times, whatever, and then his most recent appointment was last June, and of course I've been praying. But right before then, maybe six weeks or a month before his appointment, I discovered this beautiful healing prayer from Padre Pio. And so I prayed that prayer every day until the day of my husband's appointment. So he goes to the hematologist, and his blood work was normal. Hmm. And wow. the doctor said, Praise Everything God. looks good. There's no reason for concern. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Well, and, and let me just share real quickly, Lynn. You know, when Padre Pio uh, would step in and intercede, and and God permits, um, it people would uh, when he was uh, alive, and and people would visit him in San Giovanni Rotundo, they would say, Padre Pio, you healed us, you helped us, and he would say, Don't thank me, thank God. Don't thank me, thank God. And and so, so beautiful, Lynn, that you asked this great saint to to help with your husband. And um, and he did. And all, all glory and praise to God. It, it, just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing with us. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And, and I praise God every day for that healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, praise God, yeah. What a beautiful thing. It reminds me of that, I think that it's accounted a couple times in the book of Acts where people go to Peter and some of the other apostles and, you know, think that these miracles are being done by them, and they say, no, 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 we are, we are only men like you, That's right. and we want to give the glory to God. And uh, I can just imagine any Saint Debbie, especially somebody like Padre Pio, you know, mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. be very, very quick to say, you know, this, I do not get the credit for this. This is probably one of the reasons why a lot of saints and mystics flee from, or want to flee from these experiences that they have because people just flock to them and they want to mm-hmm. make it all about them, whereas the person, the saint, wants to make it all about God. 
Absolutely. The beauty of Padre Pio, and this is what a lot of people um, don't understand about him, because they see images of him and he looks kind of stern, mm-hmm. you know, but he's he wasn't. He had a beautiful disposition, a beautiful sense of humor. Now, he did get rough when people came into the con- um, to confession and they, they held back a sin or they tried to uh, trick him in some way. Uh, he got he got that Italian temper up, okay, um, which is understandable. Uh, but no, he had a, a great sense of humor, beautiful disposition. And Jerry, he was very sick all the time. Mm-hmm. He was in a lot of physical pain. He hardly had any sleep. He didn't eat. He was in, in confession round the clock, praying round the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, his quarters where he lived was, was very, very, very humble. Um, Jerry, I, you're talking, if anyone could have, you know, kind of a a down disposition, it, it, it could have been him. And, and, and it was the opposite. He, he had a beautiful, beautiful demeanor. Mm, yeah. Praise God. Okay. We'll continue along here. Lisa in Easton, Maryland, listening also on Sirius XM 130. Lisa, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you today? Doing okay. How about you? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm just, I wanted to tell you about the time I prayed for him, uh, prayed to him for intercession. This was way back a long time ago in my 20s, (laughs) very long time ago. Um, And I had just been, I was probably married, I don't know, maybe two years or so. It wasn't long. Mm -hmm. And my um, husband's boss had, was a mason and wanted uh, to talk him into joining, and and it was trying to, you know, made it kind of, I guess, uncomfortable, like if he was thinking of not doing it because he was his boss at work. So um, he was, you know, he went and met with him, and I didn't, or I don't think he, I don't know if he went to the place where the uh, where all the masons met, met, but he went to the, when I was at work. He invited him, some Masons over to our home, and I didn't know that. Mm. And they were telling him all about, you know, how great it was to join the Mason. And, and um, I was worried when I came home and I realized he was in the home. And I, so we kind of did some, he, I, some research on it. And, we were, and at the time, I was just starting to learn about Padre Pio and how... How uh, some uh, one video I think it was an EWTN movie where he had told somebody was a mason like he would pick them out and try to convert them you know and all that kind of stuff and and um, so I was getting worried and he was th- you know because my husband started thinking about it, he wasn't really strong in his faith at the time and I and I he was just looking at my, me like I was silly you know like don't you know. So I said, I said this prayer to Padre Pio. I said, will you just scare him so he will not do this and realize it's wrong? <laughs> I said, you you have been known to, like, you know, really be strict with people. I said, I, and it was like the most awkward prayer, but it was like a desperate one, right? Mm-hmm. And we went to bed that night, and my husband, who is not afraid of anything, he's so strong and so brave, and we <laughs> woke up in the middle of the night from the sound sleep, just sat up in bed screaming, never heard the man scream in my life. And then the last time I've ever heard him scream. And I just said, you okay? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And the next morning, he was just white as a ghost. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, I had the most horrible dream. And I said, what was it? And I, he said, I was like laying on this table, like a, it was like an operation table, and all these masons were standing around me, and they were cutting me open and taking out everything inside of me. Ooh. And, and I wanted to, and I couldn't get away. And I just was like, oh, thank you, Padre Pio. So mm-hmm. then I told my husband the prayer I said, and he said, well, we got our answer, didn't we? <laughs> and he never talked to them again. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you know, well, this uh, topic of Freemasonry has come up a couple times now on the program, and I just did a, a quick search. Uh, went to Catholic.com, Catholic Answers website, and just for those who are wondering, uh, maybe scratching your head saying, you know, why, why is the Church opposed to Freemasonry? Well, it says, the article says on Catholic.com, it's incompatible with the Catholic faith because it teaches a naturalistic religion. It's a parallel religion to Christianity, and actually, it's a secret society, and one of, historically, one of uh, Masonry's primary objectives has been the destruction of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Not so much, they say a lot, not so much in, in, in the United States, more, more of a social thing, but especially in Europe and other places, uh, Freemasonry has uh, had that uh, intention of trying to destroy the Catholic Church. So, And there is a, a, a penalty of excommunication for Catholics who join the Freemasons. Of course, they have to, be, they have to know that it's a grave sin and, and all of that, but... Well, and, and Jerry and uh, Lisa and, and whoever else is listening about the um, Freemasonry, uh, we did a, uh, Adam and I did a deep dive into it on the spirit world, and they can catch the podcast um, on EWTN.com on, free, on the Freemasons and how dangerous it is. Um, so Adam did a, a fabulous teaching on it, uh, Adam Bly, religious demonologist, and he talks all about that, Jerry, about uh, the destruction of trying to bring down the the uh, the Catholic Church and and the demonic elements in it. So, um, Lisa, I just wanted to say, you know, when you ask Padre Pio to step in, okay, he's not afraid. <laughs> he comes in and and he really um, he really does. Um, you know, can if he's if he's allowed to help in situations, he makes a difference. And it sounds like with that very impactful dream that your husband experienced. So, way to go, Padre Pio and Lisa. Thank you for sharing the story. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, want to get over to social media for a moment. Um, Anna Marie, I'm watching on YouTube with the others, and we're also on Facebook, the video stream. Anna Marie says, I also have a piece of Padre Pio's cloak. My mm. parents sent it to me with a prayer card. I've lost it several times moving and cleaning. I get upset, it's gone, and somehow it makes its way back to me. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's it's funny too because sometimes people will say when they lose things of Padre Pio, it it does come back. But it, Padre Pio has such a funny sense of humor, and he has a very kind of um, he had a, he uh, he had a quick wit. Um, that some people have said that even sometimes it the things will be thrown back at them, like literally thrown at them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's that right? so Padre Pio. I just love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jerry, where are we going next? Well, I wanted to get to Sura. Sura uh-huh. also watching on YouTube 
It says, I have a question about St. Pio. Did he ask for the stigmata? I think there is another saint who asked for it. And just real briefly, Debbie, I can give a couple thoughts on this. Sure. You can perhaps add to it. But sure. um, Padre Pio actually, what, a couple of things he did. He consecrated himself to Jesus at a very, very young age. And he offered himself to Jesus as what is called a victim soul. And these are people who say, Lord, I, I willingly suffer in sometimes very, very, very incredibly painful things for the sake of other souls and their salvation. And I understand, Debbie, that he actually asked the Lord to take the stigmata away on several occasions, which Jesus actually did, including right near his death. Is that correct? That is correct. So he received the stigmata around 1918, and then he asked um, multiple times to have it taken away because, you know, A, it was very painful, B, the the other friars and in, in the... Um, in the uh, monastery, it was very difficult on him to be able to be in ministry with the uh, bleeding stigmata. And then there was a lot of persecution. Um, a lot of people were, were after him, and there was a lot of jealousy. Um, so yeah, he asked, and, and uh, the good Lord removed the stigmata, uh, but then he got the stigmata back for most of his life. And then a couple days before he died, uh, the stigmata was gone. Hmm. Okay, wow. There yeah. you go. Um, let's go to uh, Laura next in Queens, New York. And Laura is listening to us today on Sirius XM 130 as well. Hi, Laura. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a story about uh, my grandmother, who is very devoted to Padre Pio. As a matter of fact, on every Wednesday, she would wear this brown robe like, like he wore, and... Um, she actually, she made it herself, and she wanted to be buried in it as well. But uh, she was born in Sicily, and, uh, you know, she went back to visit several times uh, with my grandfather, and I think uh, her uh, a daughter and uh, Padre Pio did hear their confessions, and uh, my grandmother a few times, but my uncle, uh, who happened to be my godfather as well, um, he went to the confession, and uh, he used to work. He had this job in the days when they used to have, like, cigarette machines in uh, bars and restaurants, and he would go around like a salesman and fill up the machines and, you know, replenish them. And uh, when he was uh, telling his confession to uh, Padre Pio, he said, you know, that, that's, it. that's all, Father, I'm sorry for my sin. And then uh, Padre Pio said to him, well aren't you leaving something out? And he said, no, I, I, I don't think so. And he said to him, well, what about when you were delivering the cigarettes and you found the coins in the bottom of the machine and you just took them and put them in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> it was like he wasn't even intentionally, you know, withholding that, but he said when, when Dr. Pio said that to him, he was, he was like amazed, and then he realized that he omitted that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. huh. Wow, Laura. I have to tell you, in, in, in all the um, research I've done on Padre Pio over the years, I've heard that story so many times, the story that happened to your, uh, I believe you said your grandfather. And, you know, it, it, and, and it's not that your, your grandfather was trying to hide that from Padre Pio or anything like that, but Padre Pio wanted to make sure everyone had a really full confession, right? And to really clean their soul. 
And and so much so that he would actually, Laura, he would, not only would he um, kind of question them about other other things that happened in their life, but he would also say, and by the way, um, you know, you've got something in your pocket right now. And the person would pull out the rosary and he, they'd say, yeah, f- yeah, father, it's a rosary. And, and he'd say, well, do you want it blessed? And, and he, <laughs> so he made sure that when people left the confessional, they had, they had, they, they had their souls clean. They had their sacramentals in place. They were, they, they had their um, weapons around them. And that was the beauty of Padre Pio and, and the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And Laura, your story definitely confirmed that with your grandfather. Can you give us your grandmother and your grandfather's names, their first names? Uh, well, my grandmother, uh, her name was Santa, uh, and my grandfather was Salvatore. Uh, but this was my uncle. Uh, oh, your uncle. Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You, he was my great uncle. My, my godfather. Your godfather. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I already feel like I know you, Laura, since you have a Sicilian background. So I love that. So God bless you. And thank you for sharing the story today. Amen. I want to tell you real quickly, uh, very important actually, we can pray the Holy Rosary, all of us together on EWTN Radio because it brings you the Rosary twice each day and has been doing this for over 25 years. Tune in every morning at 5.30 Eastern Time for Mother Angelica leading the Rosary and in the evenings, Father Benedict Groeschel leads the Holy Rosary at 9.30 Eastern Time, only right here on EWTN Radio. Father Patrick Payton said the family that prays together stays together. So let's all pray the rosary together a couple times a day here on Mm -hmm. EWTN. And I just wanted to say, if you can tune in tomorrow on the Spirit World, heard right here on EWTN Radio, uh, we're going to get into the the uh, nuances of the mystical gifts that Padre Pio had. You know, the gift of prophecy and reading souls, like Laura was talking about, and um, uh, bilocation, the stigmata, um, all sorts of gifts. He had many, many mystical gifts, and he used to go into ecstasy um, uh, when he was very young, uh, starting out when he was in his teenage years you know he wanted to become a priest when he was 10 years old 10 Mm, years old can you i mean 10 years old i was out you know uh, i don't know running around the streets of new jersey having fun on my bicycle and stuff and he was already thinking about being a priest at 10 years old so let's hear um what uh what james has to say in louisiana on christ our king radio hi james welcome hi how y'all doing thanks for taking my call sure Right. Yeah, I wanted to share a story about Padre Pio. My sister-in-law's uh, father had a devotion to him, and uh, he he developed Parkinson's disease, and uh, it got pretty bad. And uh, his last uh, hours in the hospital, uh, he had said that they had set up a picture of Padre Pio in his room and stuff. And uh, when the nurses would come in, check on him and stuff, they would kind of look around and suspicious because they they had a distinct odor of uh, like a pipe tobacco tobacco pipe that somebody would have been smoking in the room and then they figured out they were pretty sure it was Padre Pio was was with him at the you know his final hours so that was I thought that was pretty good because nobody was smoking in there but they they had that distinct odor and uh, <laughs> they they finally figured out it was probably Padre Pio 
Yeah, interesting. Um, I'd never heard that one before. We we hear about we talked earlier on the show about the, like the scent of roses, the odor of sanctity, and so forth. But that's uh, that's an interesting one, Debbie, that James is sharing. You know, it uh, help me out here because it clipped out a bit. The 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 uh, tell me the nuance of that, the detail. Um, they had a pic. They put a picture of Padre Pio Padre in, in his sister-in-law's father's hospital room, and then they the nurses would come in and smell like pipe tobacco or something. And, okay, I yeah. thought that's what it was. Yes, I've heard that before. Um, so James, um, yes, I've actually read that before about Padre Pio. So um, yeah, it, it's it's so interesting how our God uses the senses with smell and 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 taste and touch, and it's just beautiful. And when when we do that, it's it's in order to build confidence that God knows everything, hears everything, sees everything, and that the angels and saints are right there, you know, and that's the beauty of it. We have this heavenly support. So I have heard that before. I'm sorry I didn't I didn't catch it the first time. So that is amazing, James, that you, that they experienced Padre Pio. Yeah, it gave him a lot of confidence, you know, in the end like that. Confident, yep. So. Yep, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've heard that before, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. fascinating. Thanks, James, for the call. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that so much. Um, let's hear from Rose Marie in Colorado listening to us today on our friends at the Catholic Radio Network. Hello, Rose Marie. Hello, and thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. I, in the early, uh, early 1960s, I was married and I had one child, and there was a person in my husband's family that was doing things that I heard that were not really good, and I wasn't having good thoughts about it. So I wrote the Padre Pio. Well, I took the letter. I would never get rid of it. Couldn't find it. And my niece, when my husband passed away, was helping me. She said, oh, look at this letter. So I took I framed it. I've got to hang it up now. So it, he, he wrote back to me, but at that time, I don't think he was well. So it's signed by a father superior. Mm-hmm. If you want me to read it to you, I can do it. It's not very long. Do we have like a minute? Is it less yeah. than a minute, Rosemary? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Padre Pio sends you his blessings and will p- pray for your intentions. He urges you to have complete trust in the goodness of, of God and to pray always according to his will. Padre Pio thanks you for your offering. And that says Father Superior. And then on the bottom it says Confession and Communion Weekly. So I, nice. I have it framed and hanging in my bedroom now. I said, I'm not going to put it someplace where I'm not going to know where it is for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> well, yeah. that that's precious, and that's a keeper, and I would totally. And also, Rosemary, take a picture of it, too, and keep the picture um, as well, because um, that that's that's amazing that you received that back. And that sounds like Padre Pio. So I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I just feel like he de- definitely did um, the, read, or it was read to him, and he responded. Absolutely. And I love how he urges us to, you know, be in, in God's will to align ourselves with God's will, to go to Mass, to go to confession. I love how he always was challenging us. Rosemary, that is precious. You're very, very fortunate and very blessed to have that. Her husband went there, and she said all the letters that people have written are on a wall. Yeah. And she said, I said, did you see my letter on there? And she she laughed, you know, like she wasn't looking for me. She didn't even know I'd written a letter. But they're all there, and I have magazines. Catholic Digest, where there's articles that he has done 
you know, has performed miracles and all. Mm-hmm. But I won't keep you any longer. Mm-hmm. I thank well, you for taking my call. Oh, you're welcome. Rosemary, I just want to say, when you go to San Giovanni Rotundo, you'll see the bookcase, and it's just it's just um, stacked with letter after letter, and they're just stuffed in there so tightly. You can't even, it almost looks like wallpaper because it's that, it's that um, tightly um, put into the bookcase. And those are just, I think that was just a, a, a small sample of how many. He received thousands and thousands on a monthly basis of letters. And he would respond in different languages. And his, that he didn't speak those languages from all over the world. And the angels would help him translate. And they would they would respond back. That, that was the beauty of our God in this great ministry work uh, that Padre Pio did throughout the world. Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you so very much. And I know, Jerry, you wanted to share about uh, Bishop Barron. I did, yeah. Bishop Barron's program, Word on Fire, is Sunday afternoons at 4 Eastern Time, right here on EWTN Radio. And this weekend, Bishop Barron shares a conversation with leaders at Biola University on proclaiming and encountering Christ. They sit down with our Protestant brothers and sisters to discuss the importance of evangelization in today's culture. That's Word on Fire with Bishop Robert Barron, Sunday afternoons, 4 Eastern Time on EWTN Radio. So um, I got an alert on my um, in my email inbox, and that's what I love about EWTN. They always have us covered. Mm-hmm. And I believe there is a mass tonight um, that we can catch on EWTN television, and I'm sure there's going to be more about Padre Pio starting today and tonight and tomorrow. Um, I just would encourage, um, if you want to learn more about Padre Pio, this great saint, uh, his he is incorrupt. His body is uh, right there in San Giovanni Rotundo, beautiful area, and the and the hospital that he uh, started that he didn't, never wanted to call it a hospital, Jerry, or a clinic. It's a it's it's to help the suffering and to heal them. He it's so beautiful. It's up on the hilltop of San Giovanni Rotundo, and in the Gargano uh, Mountains, absolutely amazing. Um, but I would just encourage folks to tune into EWTN television and radio and catch all things Padre Pio starting today and tomorrow. Hmm, absolutely. What a great saint and a great program, great discussion it's been with you, the Take Two family, right here on EWTN Radio. And tomorrow, actually Monday, I should say, kicks off You Choose Week, okay? We asked you for the last several weeks to submit your topic suggestions, and all week next week, they will be topics suggested by you. And Beth gave us a topic for Monday. What's the scariest storm you've ever lived through? What's the scariest storm you've ever lived through? Think, think about that and call us on Beth's topic on Monday's program. Now, you do realize Beth was saying that's a weather storm, not an emotional storm. Right, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like I have one already in mind. So. Tornado. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And that's Monday to kick off You Choose Week. So Beth weighed in on that, and we're so excited to address that on Monday. Um, but, Jerry, we want to thank our show team, Matt Gabinski, Jeff Burson, Ace McKay, our producer. You guys are awesome. And until Monday, um, have a beautiful and blessed weekend. And we want to ask St. Joseph, please pray for us. <laughs>